What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to OnlyFans Q&A Live, a question and answer show exclusive to OnlyFans and Miami Dolphins Discord server. Now here's your host, Alf. And we're on, and this is OnlyFans Q&A Live, the only show that if you wish to participate in, you have to become a member of our Discord. That's at discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans, and you can become a member for $3 a month. That is discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans, $3 a month. Uh, we have over 2,000 members. It's We're getting really close. Actually, we are a little less than a month away from free agency. That's always a really busy period. We'll have up-to-date news on there. Uh, you get access to all three of us, Simon, myself, and CK. Uh, we're an invaluable source, really, during free agency, and especially the run-up toward the draft. Uh, I don't mind saying so. I think we do as good a job or as good a job as anybody anywhere on the draft, and that's including the national guys. <laughs> okay? So, you know, well, we're also going to have on OnlyFans we will have the combine, which means, yeah, we'll broadcast the the combine on there, and I'll be talking over it. So, uh, you want to listen to Rich Eisen? You can listen to me. <laughs> All right. So you could join me for the entirety of the combine. That's gonna be a lot of fun as well. Uh, we always like the combine. We always like dissecting what happens on the combine every single year. Uh, this is the I guess we could call this the season finale of Q and A Live. Although we will start a new season beginning next week. Uh, it's our first season. Our first episode was the week of the Chargers game. I wonder how that went out. You remember for months everybody talking about, oh, Herbert's going to clown the Dolphins. And, uh, you know, this is he's returning to the scene of the crime and Tua's going to suck. Yeah. You remember that? Uh, well, since then, people say that he's not clutch. Okay. And people forgot. <laughs> what happened on that day and of course nobody considers that a, a big game anymore but back to the news at hand uh super bowl was just done was it a good game or not we kind of covered it all in on our episode this week our season finale of three white three ypc we will return in about 10 days time for that with our new season was it a good game it was a mistake laden game but one thing was kind of clear, right? You need a really good defense to win. And it's not because, 
you know, in the Super Bowl, you had two pretty good defenses slugging it out, and offenses weren't all that great in the Super Bowl. Look at the run-up to the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. Did Patrick Mahomes light anybody up? The closest he came to lighting anybody up was against the Bills. Now, I, I'd ask you to go look at the box score of that game and look at Josh Allen's game as a passer. The Chiefs' defense did that. Chiefs rode their defense to the Super Bowl. And I saw a stat uh, the other day, and never mind what they did to Lamar Jackson, and you, we know what they did to Miami in, in minus 30-degree weather. But I saw a stat, and I believe it's the last, like, 25 years or so. There's only been, like, you know, it's, I think out of the last 25 years, it's like 18 of the 25 years, it's been a top-five defense winning and I believe it's only been like three times that a top five offense without having a top five defense has won. So that kind of tells you all you need to know. And it's kind of obvious when you watch these teams play, uh, especially in the AFC. Teams that were successful going deeper is are the teams that could rely on their defense. Now, Miami had a lot of injuries. So, you know, that is a an excuse and it's a worthwhile excuse. But do you did you trust them to hold down a Buffalo Bills team or a Ravens team in the playoffs? Or for that matter, a Chiefs team? No. Uh, even when, uh, you know, they did have a ton of injuries, but Mahomes scored 26. He managed to put together enough offense to score 26 in minus 30-degree weather. Uh, that stands to reason that in good weather, he was going to put up a number on that defense. That defense is way too injured to perform at their absolute best, completely healthy, maybe, but we just don't know. I think they got to continue to work on that side of the ball, especially considering they might lose a couple of players, okay, and a couple of good ones in X and Christian Wilkins. Uh, Dolphins are finalizing their coaching staff. They essentially just shit can the entire defensive staff, except Austin Clark. Uh, Kenny Baker, it looked like he was going to st- stick around. That was the uh, the assistant to Austin Clark. But he ended up going to Texas to get the defensive line job there. But they pretty much can the entire defensive staff. The latest uh, signing is Deshaun Shedd from Seattle. Um, he's going he's gonna to be taking care of the, the cornerbacks. Uh, who knows if he's assigned to anything else. Uh, as far as I can tell, they're probably missing a safeties coach, but they might reassign somebody there. It looks like Ryan Slowick is being reassigned. He might be assigned to be the, the pass game coordinator. So that's a thing. Joe Barry in, Ryan Crow in. They pretty much changed out the entire defensive staff, and it stands to reason that you know Anthony Weaver comes in. He's going to want his own guys, right? So, yeah, Uh they definitely decided on a course of action here as soon as Fangio was gone. And it was kind of obvious that Fangio didn't want to be here, right? But as soon as he decides he doesn't want to be here, they go and get Anthony Weaver, and Anthony Weaver decides to do something about the staff as a whole. Now, I will say this. Uh, when Joe Casper left... Uh, I've said enough during the season. I was glad he he was gone. He's responsible. Him and Ronaldo Hill were responsible for the coordination of their coverages. 
So it's ultimately up to them. You're not going to fire all the players. You're not going to say, okay, all these guys are dumb and all of these guys are stupid and all of these guys are bad because they're not. We know for a fact that they're not. So somebody has to fall on their sword there. And it was Sam Madison and Ronaldo Hill on in that regard. Now, I was privy to, and we did report on OnlyFans, that Ronaldo Hill was stripped of personnel duties toward the end of the year. Um, it kind of made sense that he was on, on thin ice in that regard. Anthony Campanelli was, was handling personnel once again. He handled it under uh, Josh Boyer. So they streamlined the operation there through Fangio. I think what we're learning as time goes on is they had and they had absolute serious issues on the defensive side of the ball all season long. All season long. And they were only hidden by uh, them going on winning streaks and playing well in a couple of games. They played really well in the Frankfurt game. Um, they weren't healthy for very long. You know, they played really well in both Jack games. All of that was hiding all of the issues that they were having. As soon as they played against some better teams and they had a couple of breakdowns, I thought they played really well against Buffalo. But they, they, gave, they gave up way too much, uh, too much yardage, too many first downs. They lost the, the time of possession battle, and that's, that's always a problem to lose that at home, especially against a team like Buffalo. But... You know, the debacle in, in Baltimore. The the defense had absolutely no hope in that game. Uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, they play really good against Kansas City. Yeah, they play really good against Kansas City for a half. They were terrible in the second half. That 15-yard penalty by Christian Wilkins was a disaster. So it, we're, we're learning that we actually had an absolute mess on the defensive side of the ball essentially all season. And nobody detected it. Nobody in, in the beat, nobody anywhere detected it. We talked about it on the podcast, and we talked about it on OnlyFans. How there's issues with the personnel, uh, personnel management on the defensive side of the ball. We saw them all year. I had my own issues with Joe Casper and how they coordinated coverages. Some of these guys look like they've never played cover six before. Some of these guys didn't look like they understood how to play zone for that matter. And I'm looking right at you, Kater Kohu. So, you know, you spent all this time in OTAs. You had an entire training camp. Then you have an entire season, and these guys come in early in the morning. They're watching film. You got their attention for most of the day. And these guys still don't know how to play those coverages? Yeah, that's a problem, and it seems like they're addressing it by just canning all of them, which is, I guess, the right thing to do. All right, I'm going to take some of your questions here in the chat. I'll answer them all as they come in. Uh, let me see where we at. Okay, here's the, the first one. With the defensive staff pretty much done, do you see a situation where Wilkins is a priority to retain, and would you do that or perhaps save that money for guys like Hunt and Williams. As for me, I think Hunt and Williams would be a priority. Now, the rumor, and it's more than a rumor, it's more like a loud murmur, is that Connor Williams is prepared to go to the mattresses with management to get a deal that's commensurate with 
the type of center he thinks he is, and quite frankly, the center that he probably is. The problem is he is coming off of an ACL injury, and he might not be ready for camp. And we all know what happened the last time he sat out OTAs and then just strolled into camp. Stands to reason, again, that his injuries might have been even self-inflicted, considering that he played with that groin, with an injured groin, and then immediately tore his ACL. You could say that forcing his way back into the lineup to play with a pretty bad groin that he re-injured probably led to the ACL tear and losing him for the season. Now, he's going to say, look, you know, I, I got on the field for my teammates to play. But the Dolphins are going to say, we lost you for half of a season. You might not be ready for OTAs, and you might stroll in late to camp. I'm not paying you $50 million. I'm not paying you $10 million a year, seven of which is going to be guaranteed. And who knows? Maybe he wants a little bit more than that. So I'm not too optim- optimistic on Connor Williams. On Hunt, I think they're going to come to an agreement, and it's going to be a big number. Um, is it going to be a ridiculous number like Joe Tooney's? No. But $10 million plus? Possibly, yes. Um, as far as Wilkins, the new defensive staff, does that mean that he becomes a priority? I doubt it. Um, I think they're going to look at the what they can get in free agency to replace Wilkins. And you got to remember, you can't look at it as they're going to replace $21 million. No, they're going to replace $14 million. They're going to look at what they can do with those $14 million that they allotted last year to Christian Wilkins, and they're going to say, you know what, maybe we could get two players for that money, and we could replace them that way, and we don't get the commitment going forward. Um, it just might be just bad business because to, to sign any of these defensive tackles to big, giant contracts because at the end here, who were the, the defensive tackles with the big contracts? There's only one of them, really, that was in the – in the final four, uh, Chris Jones, I know, is playing on a one-year deal. Uh, he wants a long-term deal, but he doesn't have it. Jason Hargrave is the only one for the, the 49ers that that had a, a long-term deal. He's the only one that made the final four. If we're even talking about the final eight, are there anybody in that final eight? Quinton Williams didn't go anywhere. Jeffrey Simmons didn't go anywhere. You know? Uh the Eagle guys, you know, um, Fletcher Cox, no, gone in the first round. I guess Tampa Bay with Vita Vea, but Vita Vea is like mid-pack. Ed Oliver is also mid-pack. If we could pay Christian Wilkins what Ed Oliver makes, I, I think that that deal would have been done last year. But, uh, no, I'm I'm not seeing good things in the horizon as far as keeping Christian Wilkins a dolphin. Uh, I think the, the worry now or... The priority now is to try to monetize him as much as you can. See if you could get something for him in a sign-and-trade. All right, next question. Uh, do you think signing to a long-term is a good idea? It would help with flexibility with the cap? Uh, yes, uh, that's a fact. Uh, you could save as much as, I believe, $12 million this year in, on an extension. Um I think they're going to need every bit of that money. Uh, I would also look to, look to Xavier Howard as far as a, another resource. And I think they're going to try to 
you know, get away with trying to move them before the March 15th uh, free agency period kicks off. Because if they can, I think they save the entire amount. I'm not sure. I got to see if there's a roster bonus. I'm pretty certain that there is a roster bonus. Uh, I don't know how much of it uh, is going to count right away. But if they can move them in a trade, I you save all the all that money. I think they're going to need as much as they can if they want to keep in this cycle of going for it every single year. And quite frankly, what he makes, you could allot that money much, much better in, in free agency. Who knows? Maybe you can get somebody like Rocky Sin as well. And you are counting on Cam Smith. And I'm counting on Cam Smith, and I think he'll be good. So you already have one also one superstar cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. You know, we've tried this this uh, two star cornerback system a couple of times. It hasn't worked. It just hasn't worked. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, next, uh, next question. I know CK has talked about it, but can you see Miami moving on from Teron Armstead? And do you think he would agree to a possible pay cut to help bring guys back? Thoughts on defensive coaches Weaver brought on board? I'm intrigued by Shed. Uh, I'll, I'll take the last part. Yes. Deshaun Shed, absolutely. What a fabulous player he was in Seattle. Uh, he seems to be a really energetic young coach. All of those are, those are good things, man. You get a motivated coach in here, a guy that is willing to learn. He's gonna listen from listen to somebody like like Anthony Weaver. Uh, it's just a good social fit, man, for the coaching staff, and you want those guys to be in in full harmony. So I'm I'm pretty jazzed about the the addition of Deshaun Shed. Uh, as far as Armstead, man, do you think that he'll take a pay cut? Yeah, on a on an extension that brings him more guaranteed cash, and I don't think you want to do that. So. Now, will they just straight up cut him? I don't think so either. I think he's either retiring or he's coming back. And they're going to play him for this season, and then they'll just cut ties at the end of the season. But they're going to have to grin and bear it this season. Uh, do I think he'll retire? I don't think so. He has $5 million guaranteed coming, in, coming to him, and he's going to come get that for sure. 
So we got one more year of planning around Teron Armstead having a valet again. So we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to find the money to pay Kendall Lamb once again because he's gonna be needed. All right, um, next question: If Wilkins is gone, which I kind of think he is, who are your top three replacements? Look, um, there's several ways you could play it. You could just say, look, we're going we're gonna to go one for one. We're going to go get somebody like Daquan Jones. Uh, I don't think he's going to be expensive. Daquan Jones is 31 years old. Okay? He's at the, that stage where he's just going to be going from contract to contract. Now, the one that kind of intrigues me is DJ Reader. Man, you go get DJ Reader. He's going to clog up a lot of space. It's going to make you bigger up front. You're going to be able to play those 50 fronts. Okay? And maybe you could bring somebody else or you develop somebody else or you draft somebody else to play three tech. And that's going to allow you to play a lot of the same fronts you played last year. So those are the my top two. I'm not too jazzed about any third guy. I would, I would, I would try to keep Raekwon Davis because I think he's going to be cheap. And if he gets the opportunity, who knows? Maybe he could develop as a, as a pass rusher, as a three tech. Crazier things have happened, especially for defense alignment. A lot of guys later on in, in, in careers, they find the right system or the right technique, and they become uh, more versatile players. Raekwon has always struck me as the kind that underachieved as a pass rusher because he should be better. He's long, lean. He's, he's not necessarily quick, but he's extremely strong with good hands. He should, he should be... He should be pushing the pocket much more than he is in the past game. Uh, he shouldn't be just—he shouldn't just be a, a plug for the for the run defense. You know, he should be a little bit more. Um, if Wilkins is gone, Raekwon, I think it opens it up to to bring him on to be part of a rotation. But they are going to need a guy. I like those two. I like Daquan Jones. I like DJ Reader. Uh, different types of players, by the way, but both will be very effective in our system. Uh, another question. Do you think the Dolphins make a run at Hopkins uh, if he is released due to the Titans' issues with their cap? Uh, man, I kind of, I'm, I kind of dig keeping our our speed quotient going. And man, I love a lot of wide receivers in this draft. And it's such a deep draft that I want to, I want to leave this draft with at least one of them. So a high price wide receiver, Hopkins is going to command at least $10 million on a one-year deal, if not a little bit more. So, nope, I don't think that that happens, and I don't think that that's the way you want to go. The rumors are that people want to be traded to Miami, and guess to who? Uh, I don't know what that means. But, yeah, this is going to be a very... Very, very attractive destination. Like, that's a fact. Uh, first of all, it's Miami. It's a great place to, in which to be rich. Second of all, it is a contender. No matter what any of these assholes on TV will tell you. Uh, they, you you win 11 games, yeah, you're a contender. You're, you're essentially a cunt hair away from winning the division. Yeah, you're a contender. So, yeah, this is going to be a very, very attractive place for a lot of those vets that are looking for those one-year deals trying to win. So, you know, you could pick and choose. You just got to pick wisely. You got to do what the Ravens did. The Ravens took Jadavion Clowney off the scrap heap, and he had a 
monster year. Uh, I think it's his highest sack total since, what, his second or third year in the league? So, yeah, that that would work. Same way uh, the Ravens took Justin Houston off the scrap heap and he, and he put in a really productive season. Oddly enough, they're going to have to do some of that on the defensive side of the ball, and they're getting a guy from the Ravens to do it. So that's a that's a good thing. Just got to listen to what Anthony Hamilton, what he thinks about his own players because a couple of his own players are up. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, if those guys actually do shake loose from the Ravens, and it looks like they will because they got a very expensive quarterback over there. they got to pay some of the skill guys, too. Uh, last question uh, from this guy. Is it is Crossman related to Steve Ross? If not, why in the balls is he still here? Man, maybe they can't find the right, the right special teamer, special teams coach to bring in here. But I will say this. Special teams is about details. It's not really about X's and O's, okay? Because every team in the league essentially has the same plays on special teams. Every single team. Okay? Uh, your returns are all the same. All across the league. In fact, they're pretty much the same in college. But it's about details. And when you have as many screw-ups as we had on special teams, especially down the stretch, that pump return against Buffalo, I can't stress how much of a ball breaker that was. Okay? And it was designed. They were trying to pin them. So they're trying to pin them from slightly outside of their range. Then you have a catastrophe like Cameron Good blowing out his knee and you give up a touchdown that costs you the division. Yeah, that's that's a problem. And somebody should pay for that. But evidently, Danny Crossman is not the one being asked to pay for that. At least right not right now. Although he did lose his assistant. Um, somebody said, uh, this is a statement. I believe McDaniel's falling on the sword for Crossman. Who knows? Um, who knows? I, the thing is that uh, we don't know what, what happened actually down the stretch, but we do know there was a lot of mistakes and a lot of that return to start the second half against the Ravens. How the hell are you kicking off there? That's just dumb. All right. Uh, next question. After watching the Super Bowl and the impact of special teams, how have we not replaced Crossman? I guess Danny Crossman was pretty popular today. I agree with you. You know, it's a head needed to roll on special teams. They've decided so far that Danny Crossman's is not it. Not yet. Uh, do you see the Dolphins starting to push hard for Richmond Webb to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, especially that resume. When you look at that resume, you compare it to other offensive tackles in the Hall of Fame. He belongs, period. And then you're going to say, oh, but, you know, they're playing a Super Bowl. Who gives a shit? He played against Buffalo twice a year. You know who played on Buffalo, right? Unanimous Hall of Famer Bruce Smith. And you know who held his own and actually dominated Bruce Smith many, many a times? Richmond Webb. So, yeah, he deserves a run into the, the Hall of Fame. He deserves votes. Uh, do you agree or disagree to the assertion that I've been making that 20 plus million for a non premium position like defensive tackle is just too much to invest? If not Aaron Donald, I tend to agree with that. I think you could. Uh, remember, you're not operating with the 20 million. You're operating with the 14 you just paid him. So, I think you could use that 14, move it elsewhere, and you will be just as good, if not improved. Now, Kristen Wilkins, fabulous player. Would I pay him 21 million dollars a year to be a fabulous player for me? Not if, not if, I, if I could help it. Okay, 
But he is a fabulous player. If you could find the money for him, you'd do it. But I think you could allocate his money elsewhere and be just as successful, if not better. Uh, what do you think next season looks like for Eric Azukama? I want an upgrade at wide receiver three. I think wide receiver three, that's that's happening. Like, uh, in, in my opinion, the draft class, the wide receiver draft class this year is too good to pass up. It just is. So I'm looking at pick 21, and I'm looking at our pick in the second round, and I'm targeting one of those two to get the guy that I want. I think Brian Thomas at 21 will be extremely difficult to resist because he could be, he's different. He's a much different player than Justin Jefferson, but he could be that type of player that t- with that type of impact. Uh, you put that guy as your wide receiver three. And remember, you, you want to keep Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle fresh. All right. So, and some people say, oh, you know, but wide receivers don't have that the the, the impact as rookies as the, no that that's that's ancient thinking. It used to be that way, not anymore. Now wide receivers just come into the league and they're studs right away. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, etc. So, you know, uh, I would absolutely get in the market for one in the draft. Uh, free agency, if they get one in free agency, I don't think it precludes getting one in the in the draft. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on getting a wide receiver with one of our first two picks. Uh, is there a number that scares you off of a two extension? Yeah, he starts asking for, for top of the market, resetting the market, and we got to try to talk him off the ledge there, right? We're going to have to try to talk them down. But it's not really the total number that you're looking at. Okay? Yeah, because, you know, there could be bonuses in there that could push him well past, you know, the the highest paid quarterback in the league. But if he gets those bonuses, if he achieves those bonuses, you don't mind paying it. What you're looking at is the guarantees, the annual guarantees, and the total number of guarantee. That's what matters, and I think that that's where they're going to try to seek a savings. All right, and next question. How is Brian Thomas as a blocker? He's a, he's a good blocker. He's an adequate blocker, and he's big, So, you know, he, and he's willing. The, the important thing is that he's a willing blocker. Now, is he, I don't know, like Gabe Davis good? No. Speaking of Gabe Davis, it seems like it's almost a foregone conclusion that the Bills are not keeping Gabe Davis. Man, the only problem with Gabe Davis is going to be expensive because I think somebody out there is going to break the bank for him. What a player he would be for Miami. And he's a fabulous blocker. Fabulous blocker. All right, uh, next question. It might be the last. Yes, it is the last. We're almost at 30. It seemed like from 2022, Tua just let it rip at times with more time. But in 2023, it's almost like he was playing a little scared and thinky. Can that be fixed and get somewhere in the middle? Uh, better offensive line play gives him more time, and with more time, he could scan the field a little bit better, and he could be a little bit more comfortable. Uh, the important thing is to be strong up the middle, be strong at right guard, center, and left guard, so you have no trash at his feet. You don't have to worry too much on the outside, but you do got to worry about Tua getting pressure up into his face. Uh, shorter quarterbacks, you got to keep them clean up the middle. That's why 
you know, guys like Drew Brees always were strong up the middle. You got to have a strong left guard, center, right guard combination. Uh, for the most part, earlier on in this year, they had that, especially when they had Hunt and Connor Williams healthy. Um, it looks like they want to bring back Hunt. Connor Williams is a question, I would say. But who knows? Maybe you could draft somebody like JPJ out of, out of Oregon and plug him in at center. And, you know, then you could work out on left guard and free agency. And that's that's always a possibility. Look at what, what teams have naturally done uh, real, uh, consistently. They've they actually found really, really good performers in free agency from year to year to play guard. So, you know, I, I I'm not too worried about that. You could go into the... You know, you could go into the the guard market and free agency, and you could pick off a pretty nice player for three million dollars a year. So, you could do that. All right, last question: Would you take JPJ at twenty one? Yes, I've seen enough. Uh, I would take him. Uh, he's, I think he's a starter, and I think he's a starter right away, and a good one in in the NFL. So, and remember. Uh, yeah, and and he asked, no questions asked. Yes, and you got to remember, it's with operating with the assumption that two is the guy going forward, right? You got to keep him clean up the middle. JPJ has more value in that regard. Now, JPJ might not be as valuable to a team that has somebody like I don't know Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert has to be more more cognizant of what's coming on the outside. So they would rather have a tackle, but I think if you're Miami, you'd rather have the center. And I think they're ready for a standoff with Connor Williams that I don't think they're going to win. So, and that could that could go for a while because I think Connor Williams is pretty much set in wanting what he wants. Remember, the guy did hold out already. All right? So, so a guy that holds out a year in advance, that's not a good sign for this year, is it? No, it's not. All right, guys. Uh, we will do this again next week. Uh, if you want to become a member of our Discord, you go to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans. And you become a member there for $3 a month. See you next week. Thanks for listening to OnlyFans Q&A Live.